right, welcome back. Welcome back. The Heating Up Podcast, the podcast about our dangerous future, climate uh, change, climate change, and other stuff. You said that out of yep. order. Yep, we're going to do it over because my phone off. is going off. I'm going to turn my phone off here. Although the last notification I got was somebody saying nice things about our podcast. So, so pretty good. Yeah. All right. Turn the phone to vibrate. Start it over again. Welcome to Heating Up. A podcast about climate change. Shoot, that was pretty loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a podcast about climate change. Our dangerous future. What you and, can do about it. Yeah, what you can do about it. What can you do about it? Not much. No. <laughs> uh, that's what we're here for today. The, today's our first non-news show. We don't, oh, that's yeah, right. We don't have the news of the first half. This is just all prepping stuff. All Pure like, prepping. Pure uh, disaster preparedness. Perfect. And today, and that's good because today is first aid. So it's a big topic. Um, yeah. Well, I guess, do we want to do any, uh, do we have any housekeeping, anything else to talk about? How's your prepping, how's your disaster preparedness going? I know you got your water filled. Did you get any food? Did you get your pantry started or? Uh, no, that would be, that would be the short answer would be no. Yeah. I did briefly look over the first aid kit, uh, section and started to like, Hey, you know what? I have some of these things. Sure. Uh, I could start, you know, putting them in two or three places, place in my car, place in my house, and then just replace the items as needed. So, um, it was nice to see that some of that stuff already, already have it. It's not all going to be brand new, but other than, I feel pretty, I'm still like feeling pretty high off of getting the water done. Yeah. So I'm going to ride that. I'm going to ride that wave a little longer. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, uh, around here, we're actually, actually, this week, we're going to go do Derek's 4x4. It's been delayed a few times. Due um, to unforeseen sink. Due to, due to unforeseen sink problems and other problems. And then I went out of town for a while. And then, and Shirley was out of town for a little while. And then we made, I made a mistake. Yes, let's so hear it. Derek I, made a mistake. It's on record. Yeah, as part of this, Shirley said, well, we need some more shelving in the kitchen. Yeah, you And did. I you said, that sounds great because I wanted to get some buy-in for the whole, like, getting preparedness materials. But then we didn't immediately go out and do, see, like, we should have put up the shelves. And while they were bare gone to get our channel our four by four challenge materials so that's because that was filled that was space. what was supposed to be on the shelves yeah i just went in there today and realized she's filled every shelf with well you're stuff. married to a hoarder yeah and you gave so her more i realized space. i was like ooh, this was You've a bad huge. plan the <laughs> other the first thing that i loved about it was like yeah we're gonna get rid of this thing and we're gonna put in these two new things and i was like very cool very cool yep, yep, next yep. time i come over i was like I thought you were going to get rid of this thing. Uh, <laughs> turns out we're keeping that and adding the other two. Gotcha. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a mistake mm-hmm. on my part, but you know what? Uh, this is, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> As your walls slowly come in on you, uh, it's okay. Everything is fine. Yeah. Everything is okay here. But uh, yeah, no, this week we're going to go do it. I'm actually going to record it. Maybe we'll release it as an episode. Oh, you and Shirley like, fighting uh, over the cabinets? No, of us going to the store for our 4x4 challenge. Oh, and, okay. And do it like over the course of like our first like two weeks of eating it or whatever, how that goes. I can't wait to hear someone complain about the food. Yeah. And be like, I have to eat this every week. Every week. Every day. Three times a week. Oh, God. Yeah, it'll be good times. Good times. All right. But yeah, that's, that's what's new with me. Um, okay. This week, though, first aid. You know, first aid is one of those things that you really ought to know just in life in general, because like we said before, you know, accidents happen, disasters happen, whether or not climate change is happening or not. 
you could get ready for you know these disasters and totally use your first aid knowledge when there's a car accident or you know somebody you're at a restaurant and they're choking or somebody you know has a stroke you know, these things happen just in daily life and so being prepared having that kind of knowledge of how to help in those situations it goes a long way it can be very helpful in life so whether with with or without climate change knowing some basic first aid skills is a good life you know good adulting yeah, yes, I don't say. know any basic first aid. My first aid is put some neosporin on it. Put some neosporin on it. Clean it, put some neosporin on it. That's good, right? That's all sure. you need. Well, and that's a great uh, segue into kind of why first aid is a perfect example of that mantra we've talked about a couple of times on the show of skills over stuff, right? So you could go out and buy, you know, like the $300 top of the line first aid kit for your home with all the trauma gear you need. But if you don't know how to suture a wound, what's the point of having it, Right. I've you seen, can improvise. Yeah, I've seen people like make a trachea out of a pen and what? like make a trachea. Isn't that your throat? Isn't that the thing where they like stick? You've seen like tracheotomy. On... Yeah, yeah. You don't make yeah. a trachea. Yeah, though. you do something with it. But still, that's my point. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So you <laughs> definitely don't want me stabbing your throat with a ballpoint pen if you don't know how to use these things. So it's way better to have the skills than to have the stuff when it comes to first aid. So if you're going to spend money on first aid at the first, uh, you know, when you're starting learning out. Don't go out and buy a ton of backpacking first aid kits or whatever. Go take a CPR course. Go take the first aid course. And there are lots of places to get some of this knowledge for free or virtually free. We got the Red Cross. Red Cross is a perfect example. There's a few others. The local YMCA's often offer courses. Now, do you, Red Cross and YMCA, are they both free? Probably Red Cross probably charges. A Red Cross bit. charges a little bit. YMCA's do too. Other places that might offer it include like your local fire departments often offer first aid or CPR courses. Lifeguard training courses. Scuba diving centers often have first aid courses. Community college Colleges or adult education centers often offer CPR and first aid type courses. So look around, Google it. You're going to find some fairly cheap options, sometimes free. Another thing you can try and do is get your employer to pay for it. Really? Yeah, because one thing that employers don't like is when people die at work, there's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> right. So I would try and weasel out some you know, reimbursements from your employer. Tell your boss, hey, buddy, find some sort of you know, disaster, you know, some sort of OSHA unregulated aspect to the life in your workplace i'm sure every workplace is completely compliant with osha's rules yeah i'm sure and (laughs) or you'd be like you know i'd be willing to you know run the fire drills i'd love to i'd love to you know go take a first aid course maybe maybe corporate be willing to reimburse me for it the worst case scenario is they say no but you know in a lot of cases they might be able to throw in 40 bucks to cover a course or something so worth a shot. See if your employers will get you to take a first aid course no that's true but one thing that like we were sort of talking about is a lot of those courses are going to get to a point where they say, and, and you're going to do this until uh, aid arrives, essentially. So yeah. where are you finding these courses that are like, okay, aid's not coming? <laughs> yeah, so that that is one thing. So a lot of these courses, the basic first aid, the basic CPR courses, they're important and you should definitely, definitely take them. The problem is they may not go far enough from an emergency preparedness point of view. So for your basic day-to-day life, yeah, those are great. Learning basic first aid would be really helpful in the event you run across a car accident on your way to work tomorrow. Where it may fall short is in the situation where there's an actual disaster because those emergency responders might not be coming. So in an actual disaster, they're overwhelmed. And you can call 911, but if your phone line's down, or even if it gets through, they might not be there for days. Right. 
So you have to be a little bit more prepared. And you can still get those next level trainings. They're still available. They tend to cost a little bit more. You tend not to be able to get those for free. But things you might look for there are like wilderness survive or wilderness mm. uh, first aid. REI teaches wilderness first aid classes. I bet you they have something probably for cheap or free just to get you to buy some crap. Well, I don't think it's cheap or free, but it's, you know, it's probably like 100, 200 bucks. But if you get your REI card, you can go there, buy your stuff. But again, these classes Who's are... Who's shopping at REI? Who's got money for that? I don't know. People. Do you? I got my REI, uh, like, I'm, I'm a member because it's free. And then every time you, like, at the end of the year, they give you a little discount. We just got our little, uh, I get 10 bucks to spend this year at REI. So. <laughs> $10. I was going to go buy some mountain hardware or mountain uh, Snacks, food, some foods. Some free-dried foods, yeah. Feel like a real snooty toot going yeah. in there. <laughs> real snooty toot. <laughs> That's oh. what I said. <laughs> yeah. Richie so. Rich. Right. Because uh, those are courses designed for, you know, people up in the mountains where there's unlikely to get aid. For a or, few days or whatever. Yeah, or trauma first aid courses or courses designed to help, you know, really stop serious bleeding or other cases. Or your local CERT training. And this is something I'm going to be doing later this year here in Sacramento. But pretty much every location is going, to, or major location, will have local fire departments or emergency responders offer CERT, which is Community Emergency Response Training. Mm -hmm. And they come at a very low cost. They go over a couple weeks and they do exactly that community emergency response training so they help you learn how to respond to emergencies and that includes you know medical response and all sorts of other stuff so those are great courses to take now those courses are they designed for you to like help in an emergency exactly situation right. they're like they'll call upon you to start doing well, your own there's a stuff. couple of different levels so like the first level is just basic anyone can take it and then by the time i think you get to like the third level you can go and respond. So like the people that deployed to Paradise after the campfire were, you know, certified cert people, um, stuff like that. So you can take that as far as you were willing or want to go with it. But the higher up levels you get, the more training, the more stuff you learn. And I, um, I'm a part of this Nextdoor app, which is this horrible place where neighbors get to complain about each other. Sure. I kind of oh, love it, kind of hate it. Um, there's a good long thing about people getting mad about some people think we should put a fence around the pond in McKinley Park. And some people said like, oh, God, just because a couple homeless people died in there, we could have to look at a fence. I'm like, really? Okay, never mind. But uh, some guy posted that he had just finished his cert training. I was like, no way. Other people do this. I just assumed this was like nobody did it. But uh, anyway, that reminded me and I tried to go sign up for it and I couldn't find, I couldn't figure it out. I just kept getting sent in circles. The one I found was... Uh... Hold on, my dog is chewing on like a weird bone thing and it is making a crazy noise in here. Anyways, yeah, if we don't have a pod loft, we don't have our own space, we're in the middle of our house, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but yeah, no, I signed up for cert training. I'm super excited for that. When that's is it? In, that's in August. Oh, it's going to be hot. Yeah. What's the second one? <laughs> I think they just had it. They, they, I think they just finished one in February or something. Oh, okay. Uh, highly recommend cert training for everyone who is interested in helping out in disasters. And of course it helps yourself and you meet like-minded people. So nobody taking a cert training isn't interested in disaster response. Like right. everyone there is thinking about what to do in a disaster. So these would generally include a lot of people that you could talk to about disaster preparedness, who you could get best tips from. Because as we kind of mentioned or weeks ago, we haven't mentioned in a while, it's always best to do this with friends or with groups and talking about it with friends. That's why we're doing this podcast in the first place. So, you know, you should tell people at work, hey, I'm taking this cert training. You want to do it with me? Or, you know, tell your friends that you're doing this stuff because it's good to have a group around you. The more people are prepared, the better everyone will be. Yeah. So, yeah, meeting people at a cert training would be fun. And they're all, they, you all have a common interest. That's true. Yeah. Stockpiling guns for the apocalypse. 
No, wait, that's not the interest. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, cert training is a good example. Uh, community colleges, adult education centers. But yeah, basic training is open to everyone. Um, EMT courses are available. We tend to think of EMT courses as the sort of thing that you would only want, that only paramedics or, you know, professional medical people do. But anyone can take some of those courses and it can give you a long way towards skills. But yeah, the basic CPR and first aid courses are going to teach you a lot of stuff. It's a good start. Yeah, great place to start. And, you know, you can go from there as in-depth as you want to be. The other thing is it's important for pretty much everybody to get this sort of training. This isn't really something where you want one person to be the expert on. Right. I always try to rely on like, yeah, but uh, we got our resident nurse, uh, Shirley. We don't have to worry about it. But what happens when Shirley is the person who's injured? Yeah, or she's not around. Everyone should have some basic level of first aid. Maybe one person could be more specialized in it than others. Maybe one person really enjoys it and wants to go on in these cert courses. But everyone should have that basic knowledge. Right. The other thing is refreshing your skills. Um if you take a course and then you never go back and read... You don't ever practice it don't either. Don't practice it. It's one of these things where you hopefully shouldn't be practicing it too much. Right. You know, in an actual disaster situation, but you should be refreshing it. Taking online quizzes, which are generally free. There's a, a website called uh, freefirstaid.com, I think, where you can take these... Yeah, firstaidforfree.com, where you can take courses and quizzes and kind of do a little refresher stuff, And which you don't is even nice. have to be around people. Yeah. <laughs> So some of the most important skills to learn when you're doing the first aid stuff, um, CPR, obviously, this is one of the most important and useful first aid skills you can ever learn, and it really is pretty simple. Uh, before we get into these skills, and we're just going to kind of go over them quick, obviously, neither Corinne nor I are medical professionals, mm, so nope. don't take our advice as you would that of a medical professional. Seek an actual professional in the event of needing a medical emergency, call 911, don't listen to... Yeah, the, the meeting up podcast and say, well, those two idiots told me to do this. We told you we were idiots already. Yeah, we've already said we're idiots. Don't listen to us. But anyways, things you should learn how to do and not from us. CPR. Uh, I mean, everybody's seen The Office, one of the funniest skits ever. No, a C- guy actually completed CPR properly because he remembered that episode of The Office, just yeah. so you know. Exactly. No, I'm saying that that's, hey, that's not too bad. I yeah. mean, if that's all you remember, what? You were laughing. MJ's trying to quietly get some food out. Huh. <laughs> There's no way to do that. <laughs> and she's looking at me like, did you hear that? Yep. Did you hear okay. that? So another good one, um, making a splint. Oh. So learning how to set a bone or, you know, keeping your arm immobilized. Gross. This is a, well, this is an important <laughs> one. This is actually one that I learned in Boy Scouts that uh, was really helpful. I took like a wilderness first aid merit badge thing. I and think I remember, I remember you guys doing that. I remember the basics of it. And it actually came in handy because I coach youth soccer. So one of the more common injuries we see, people fall and kind of, you know, sprain it on a wrist or break a bone. So I've been Have able, you used it before? I haven't made a splint, but I have immobilized an arm and helped the girl get off to the field and their dad took her to the hospital and she had a broken wrist or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, no. Um, making a splint is a good skill to have. Um, it can be accomplished pretty simply with, you know, put together materials. So it's another one of those things where once you have the skill, you can figure out what's appropriate for it rather than just buying a splint and not knowing how to use it. Right. You got to use what you've got. Exactly. Cleaning and dressing a wound properly so that it doesn't get infected. Disasters like floods or some of the like dirtiest water you can right. possibly imagine. Neosporin's so, not going to just do it. Yeah. Neosporin's <laughs> not going to do it. So if not you Windex. have like a wound, a, you know, a sore or something and it's covered in flood water, you really got to learn how to disinfect that oh, stuff God. and clean it out. It can be a little gross, but it's a, definitely a good skill to have. The Heimlich Maneuver. 
uh, how Dude, to help some I people don't are choking. Know how to, I mean, I've seen things on it, but like, I heard you have to be like essentially cracking their ribs to do it right. Yeah. Well, just like CPR, I think that you're going to cause a little bit of harm is the idea, but you're going to save the life in the end. Like people would be happier with a broken rib than a stopped heart just because they'll be Probably, alive. Probably, yeah. Treating shock is another one that's going to be really common in an emergency. Uh, stopping bleeding. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Learning how to stop catastrophic bleeding is important because uh, it's it'll kill it's you catastrophic yeah. we're, we're just you know we're just fragile meat bags and we've only got so much blood <laughs> so learning how to stop that blood is important a real important to learn even if there wasn't the whole like climate change disaster is more likely you scenario, run into daily disasters you run into daily disasters or at home like i cut off my fingers pretty much once every time <laughs> every, quarter. Every, every quarter every quarter so <laughs> when i get a new knife oh the last time I did it on a mandolin slicer, Ugh. we got a mandolin. I was sitting around at home. I was slicing carrots, and I was not paying much attention. You knew this was going to happen. And I just sliced my entire fingertip Ugh. off. Ugh. And so, Ugh. like, it was just, like, immediately super bleeding. And so, like, I was putting pressure on it to prevent it. And I knew, like, immediately I had to go to the hospital. Like, there was no way I was going to – because I was home. My wife wasn't home. So <laughs> Your nurse was gone. My, my nurse was gone. It was me and the kids. And at this point, it was a while. It was just a while ago because Alex couldn't drive. And so my oldest still wasn't driving. And so I'm like, okay, I've got to get to the hospital. So like, I'm trying to stay real calm, putting a lot of pressure on my hand. And I go up to him and I'm like, hey, buddy, here's the deal. We're going to be going to the ER. So I'll drive, but I need you to just squeeze the shit out of my finger as we drive. Oh, so, you made him squeeze Well, because I couldn't drive and, and hold my finger, it. right? So, like, I tied a, essentially a, a, you know, a rubber band tourniquet on my finger there, and I, you know, was like, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give up my hand, and I just want you to just squeeze it. I don't, it's not going to hurt me. Just hold it as tight as you can, because it was thumping blood like i and Ugh. so like i'm driving and he's holding my hand you know, so like i'm driving with my left hand because it was my right hand thank goodness i didn't have to like cross oh, over God. so he's in the passenger seat like squeezing the shit out of my finger and you know i've got the little one in the back seat and so we get to the hospital and we walk out or whatever but yeah so it would only bleeding. happen with a, a, a mandolin either because if you're using a knife you're always going to cut your left hand when you're right-handed for the most part yeah, yeah. well i mean you could cut your right hand don't sure, get me wrong sure, i've cut sure. all sorts of hands but uh, <laughs> uh, treating hypothermia, of course, people get really cold. Learning how to treat that effectively and quickly is really good. Just as important as treating hyperthermia or heat stroke. Mm. That's another one that can happen a lot. That's one that I worry about a lot with soccer as well because we're out there in the middle of the summer and kids are running around and it's super hot. Is any of this on the FEMA app? I feel like it might be. Some of this is there's plenty of free online information about this as well. Make sure you get it from credible sources as well. But a lot of these will be covered in your basic first aid classes. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like these are some of the skills that you should learn. And the last one I have on my list, treating burns. Mm. So burns are another one, either electrical burns or just fire burns. You know, learning how to handle those things is good. So those are like nine important skills that you should learn then make a list to you know learn and then make sure you know how to do handle all those things before you go out there and spend a bunch of money learn those nine things so that's training okay. and that's really the number one thing for first aid we're going to get into first aid kits next and kind of just the general rule of thumbs with them but honestly if you have money to spend on a first aid kit spend it on first aid training first <laughs> Go to the classes. Right? Yeah, take a class. Do not just go out there and buy a cool first aid kit and be like, I'm done. Because you have a lot of stuff, though. You probably got cotton balls and Neosporin and burn cream and, you know, little Band-Aids and wraps. You probably have a couple just of partial band yeah. Like, you've probably got a couple partially 
first aid kits that, oh, I used all of this one. I used all of this one. All the good stuff out of them. All of the daily stuff, like Band-Aids, probably. Probably the really important things like uh, alcohol or whatever cleans wounds. That's probably still in there because you probably just used your normal Leosporin. Yeah, you just used the Flintstones Band-Aid out of there. And then you're like, what is all this gauze for? I don't know. Yeah, garbage. What is this, a sling? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so the classes. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about the kits, though. So generally speaking, you want to keep some first aid kits in a couple of different places because you want them in the places you're most likely to be, right? Or most likely to need them. So for most people, that's home, car, work. Yep. Right? But other, you know, think of your personal situations. Like I keep a first aid kit in my soccer bag. And each kit should be a little bit different. Like, so the stuff you keep at home, because it's at home, just like your other emergency disaster supplies, you can be a little bit larger. You can go a little bit more in depth with the stuff that you carry around in your home. You can keep things like a stethoscope that you might not particularly want to lug in your car. Okay, you have a nurse wife, so you have a stethoscope. But my point is, yeah, at home, but I don't have one in my car or in my, like, soccer bag. But... You know, in my soccer bag, I do have extra of those instant ice packs Mm -hmm. because those things are really useful for sprained ankles or heat strokes or situations that I'm likely to encounter in a soccer match. Right. That, uh, you know, I do have some of them at home, obviously, but I make sure I have extra of those where I won't need so much of the other stuff, you know. So just, you know, modifying the kits a little bit. And this is the big problem with most store-bought first aid kits. They aren't tailored to your exact needs? They aren't tailored to your exact needs. They tend to come with some items that you need, a lot of items that are fairly useless, like those little round band-aids or whatever. Yeah, those little pimple ones. Yeah, and the cheaper ones, the really bad ones, put a premium on, like, space saving. And Mm -hmm. so you're like, oh, this is a $10 first aid kit, and it fits in my pocket, you know, and it's this little bag, and it looks nice, and when you open it up, everything's all nice and neat in there, but the moment you try and get one thing out of it... Never can put it back together You can never even fit everything back in there, you can't close the All the items are probably the cheapest version of whatever it is, too. Sure. So when you start looking to upgrade your first aid kit, you can find a ton of decent options right around that $100 mark. And there are some that are a little less, some that are a little more. And, you know, we thought about going and finding, you know, giving you some recommendations, but there are some decent, you know, lists online if you like type in, you know, good recommendations. But a good idea is to look for kits that are geared towards, again, that sort of long-lasting thing. So a lot of backpacker uh, hiking kits or first aid kits and stuff are going to be lighter weight. And again, if you're getting into that like $100 range, you're going to have almost everything you need. And then you can add in the items that are missing and not so much worry about, you know, having a lot of garbage in there because you'll have mainly good stuff. Right. Um, The best solution is, of course, to build your own kit entirely from scratch. That way it has everything you need, nothing you don't. But if you already knew what was to go into it or had the time to do it, You'd probably have already done that and you wouldn't be listening to us idiots, you know? So like the next best solution is to do some research, figure out a good kit and buy it on sale. Like, so what I would do is research a five or 10 of them that you think, oh, these are all pretty good. Put it in your Amazon wishlist and it'll notify you when it's at its cheapest price. Yeah. Wait for one to go on sale and then snag it and then supplement with the few things that are missing from this kit or then whatever and buy those individually. Because again, on Amazon, you can buy a ton of different medical Or wherever. Not that we recommend Amazon. It's just easy. It's just easy. Yeah. At your local medical supply shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but the key here is determine exactly what is in the kit and what is not in the kit, and then you can supplement it. So some of the basic supplies you're going to want in the kit, and any kit, any good kit will have most of these. You know, obviously adhesive tape, we kind of talked about that. Elastic wrap bandages, so like not just your normal bandages. 
banded strips and butterfly bandages. Those are the things that you always take out of a kit. Like yeah. those are the things that go real quick. What's this go? Yeah. Um, super glue would be is really good, good for, for tiny cuts. Tiny cuts, it. closing wounds, things like that. A rubber tourniquet or a 16 French catheter. Um, those are again. I wouldn't know what to do with one of those. Well, a rubber tourniquet is something that you can use to help tighten. Because like I was giving pressure on my finger in that story, but if you had an actual tourniquet. You could just, you know, essentially wrap it around the, your arm or your leg and twist it with a, you know, a bar in there. You can actually put more pressure than you can just by, you know, holding it. Let's see. Gloves is a good one. A lot of them don't contain the latex gloves, but you can buy, you know, a box of latex gloves, throw them in there. Duct tape is good. Plastic bags of different sizes. So even if it doesn't contain them, just grab a bunch of Ziploc bags, throw them in there. Safety pins. Scissors are always a good one. Some kits don't have the scissors because they try and cut down on weight or, you know, right. bulk. Um, tweezers. Hand sanitizer. Um, eye wash solution. Put, throw in thermometers in there. Um, a turkey baster or like a bulb suction is what really is good that for? well cuz for flushing out a wound like to get uh, water to so if you have it. a deep cut and you want to like bandage it but you want to get everything out of there like using a turkey baster is a great idea sure. so throw in one of those in there um saline solution obviously some of them don't come with it because again it's a liquid solution weight. it can be weight um surgical masks or breathing masks are a good thing to throw into your kit a first aid manual maybe you forgot something after a year you want to have a refresher on that or you i mean emergencies are stressful situations and they're you know time sensitive and there's pressure or maybe you're the one that's hurt and you need to have someone else give first aid to you if you have a little picture manual of how to do it or whatever or you're it's better. a little bit in shock and you're like need to zone back in sure um and it can always be good to see the thing so having some manuals in there is a really good idea um medications if you have if you are on medication of any kind that you need, it's always a good idea to keep a few extra in your first aid kits. Yeah. So keep it in your kit at home, in your car, or at work, or whatever. Uh, aloe vera gel. Boy, you know I got that in <laughs> vats in my house. Sure. Uh, calamine lotion. Yeah, that's really good if you ever have itches. Anti-diarrhea medication. Always have that around. Anti-diarrhea medication and the alternative, laxatives. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, nice, right in a row. You need both. Antacids are good. Antihistamines are good to have really in there. Really important, actually. Yeah. Um, cough and cold medications. You know, just things like this. Um, uh, epinephrine pins, auto injector pins for, uh, those are expensive. Those are expensive. Um, if they're uh, prescribed by your doctor or whatever, they're good things or they're just a good thing to really put in there. If you can get them, go to Canada. Isn't that where you can get the cheap <laughs> or Mexico, ones? Mexico, not anymore. There's a wall. Don't know if you heard about it. <laughs> right. Um, pain reliever, acetamorphine or whatever, ibuprofen. Acetamorphine. Acetamorphine. <laughs> just get yourself a set of morphine. Acetamorphine. Just get some morphine. <laughs> Just daub of morphine in there. <laughs> It'll knock you right out. A lot of people recommend aspirin in their kits. Mm -hmm. uh, this is because aspirin supposedly has some help for chest pain. Um, if someone you know has unexplained chest pain, they may be having a heart attack. You should call for emergency help and then chew a regular strength aspirin. So aspirin in your kit is good. Um, another good idea is keeping those emergency items. So like that list we talked about earlier, like weeks ago, but you, you all made, I'm sure mm -hmm. your disaster plan list of course, with all the emergency phone numbers, having a copy in your first aid kit might not be a bad plan guys. And that's a good place for it, I suppose. Yeah. You can just make copies. As soon as I get everywhere. my first aid kit together, I can put that in there. Sure. Cause I it's mean, ready to go. Um, sunscreen, Corinne, you've mentioned it about I have a bazillion times. Of that. Yeah. There was a whole song in the nineties about wear sunscreen and I took it very seriously. 
Are you talking about that song they played at like every graduation yes. for a couple of years? Okay. Yeah, I was like 12 when that came out. So real impactful and in your life. And I really do wear a lot of sunscreen. But don't I'm not kidding about the sunscreen. <laughs> Um, then the other thing that it mentions on these lists are give your kid a checkup. Like I said, you're going to pull the band-aids out of your kit and they'll be gone, you know, and pretty quick. I feel like that's exactly what happens to most first aid kits. You buy this really cool kit for your car. And then at some point you need to get band-aids and you get in there, you tear it apart to find the two band-aids that actually fit. And then you've lost them. So, you know, quarterly, some people were saying that like a great time to check it is like daylight savings time. When, you know, you change your clocks, change your, you know, batteries in your smoke detectors, so you change your first aid kit, give it a double check. A great way to make sure you have everything is to keep your kit organized. And that's one of the nicer things about these second level kits, you know, the $100 type kits. A lot of them are bigger and they have like labeled pockets. Right. And if they don't have labeled pockets, really consider think you know, labeling your kit itself with all the things it needs. Keep a checklist in there. Like an inventory, essentially. Yeah, keep an inventory so that when you do go check it, because if you go in there and you take the gauze out, you know, in March, and then you don't check your inventory until, you know, July, who's going to remember that they took Nobody. the gauze? I barely remember what I ate yesterday. I like, don't. I'm not going to remember this stuff. So, yeah, keep an inventory or, like, check off when you take something out so that you can replace it. Things like that. It's important to keep up your kit. But yeah, that's basics of what to keep. But yeah, the more important thing than any of this stuff is get the skills. Take a first aid class, for the love of God. <laughs> are you talking directly to me? I am looking you in the yeah, eye. Yeah, you are. I keep looking away. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. No. Crane, you going to go take a first aid class? Uh, I'm going to consider emailing the fire guy. That's what do you call him. The fire guy? The fire guy. And I'll see. I don't know if I can handle August. I'm going to be honest. If I'm going to... You want... You want to sign up for the class you're going to go to, right? Like, okay. it's better not to sign up for a class you never show up to. But most of the first aid CPR classes are, like, indoors. Are they indoors? Or this one, the cert is not going to be indoors. The cert will not be indoors, I mean, right? I'm sure there are indoor sections, but I'm sure there are outdoor sections. I'm going to sign up for your October classes. October classes. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. And if you've taken any of this stuff, write us. Let us know how it went. Let us know your recommendations Say if as there's well. a great teacher you know about or... Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Um, or anytime some first aid trainings come in handy, right? Have you ever had to use any of this training? Mm. Um, yeah, always good. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks, guys.